Hey, hi, I'm Bonnie. Welcome to this podcast, Make Joy Normal, where we chat about homeschooling and family life. With my co-hosts, Elizabeth and Christina, we address your questions and topics in a way that can create more joy in our lives. Please submit any questions you have by email or voice message in the links in the show notes. If you found this episode valuable, please share it with a friend, like, or leave us a review. That's how we get the word out. Thanks for trying to make joy normal in your own life. Good morning to all my listeners and good morning to my guest here with me, Rebecca. Thanks for coming, Rebecca. Yeah, it's such a pleasure to be with you. I just want to remind everybody to please, um, as I'm getting back into sort of a regular podcasting routine after a pretty long, bumpy break, we um, we first of all want to ask everybody for prayers for my eldest daughter, who has uh, recently undergone an emergency surgery after weeks and weeks and weeks of illness, and just ask you to please pray for Brienne um, and her little family. She has a five-year-old and a five-month-old, so this has been a real challenge for for everybody, and um, but she's getting better, and we're we're grateful for that. Please remember to uh, to like the show and and leave us a review if you can. That really bumps us up to the top and gets us noticed by people who may need to hear this message. So, I would just like to welcome uh, Rebecca. So, I was hoping that you could maybe just tell us a little bit about um, sort of your family and and your a little bit about what you not about what you do just yet. I want to get into that in a minute, but maybe about your family, the age of your kids, and and who you are. Yeah. Um, so I have five children. Um, the youngest is two in February and the oldest will be 11 in February. Um, and then they're sort of scattered in between. We have two girls and three boys. Um, and we've been homeschoolers since the beginning of our journey. Nice. And we live out in Edmonton, in Alberta. Okay, nice. And you're originally from Ontario, right? That's right. Okay. That's right. okay that's I'm just great. outside of Toronto, but I always say people move to Alberta for work or for love. So it was yeah. Love for me. <laughs> <laughs> So you have a website where you you sort of write articles and whatnot on basically healthy pregnancy from the that's the main sort of focus of what you do, right? Healthy living in general. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Yes. Yeah. So I um yeah, I did all my training uh, to become a family doctor, um, but then sort of found this other okay. area of medicine that I really loved. Um, and so I've been working on that really since I got Okay. So are you still practicing that? Are you still practicing medicine besides doing full-time homeschooling? <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's that's right. No, I do. So I work about 10 hours a week, so I don't okay. have a huge practice. But um, yeah, like after I had my first child, I took a year off completely and, you know, was just home with her and realized that I really missed it. Like I, it feels like medicine is very much part of my life and my vocation. Right. Um, and so I didn't want to leave it behind completely. So, yeah. um, I've worked, you know, intentionally, I'd say to, to make it work in my life and not, not take away from the other things that I really want to be doing at this stage. But, um, right. Well, in 10 hours, yeah. that's nice, right? sort of keep you in it, but not, uh, not taking, you know, hours and hours away from your family either. So can you, do you mind talking a little yeah. bit about what you do in that, in that vein? Because I think it's really yeah. important. So, yeah. Um, I practice, um, functional medicine in the area of fertility. So, um, and I call what I do preconception care, meaning, you know, I try to work with okay. couples before they actually get pregnant because there's so much research out, out now suggesting that, if a husband and a wife, if two partners intentionally prepare themselves for pregnancy, they can, number one, increase the chance of conceiving, of carrying that pregnancy to term, and of actually having healthier children. So, you know, like, when I was doing my training, I was noticing, like, and I mean, I saw this in the research, but I was seeing it too in, in my patients, also in my friends, but just like statistically right now, children are actually getting 
sicker than they were before, right? So, you know, we've had all these. Well, it, it seems yeah. like they and are, it's, yeah. It's absolutely there. And so I think that's yeah. true, right? Like, this is a common okay. response if I like say it. People are like, yeah, I thought something was going on. Or like, you talk to teachers and they tell you, like, a classroom yeah. today feels so different than a classroom 25 or 30 years ago. Um, and it's because there are yeah. very real physiological things happening um, during during okay. development, even in the womb. So, um, yeah, I just thought this stuff was so exciting because because if you can do all of these things ahead of time, you can often often save yourself a lot of um, whether it's you know the heartache of infertility or the the challenges of of having um, sicker children. Like if there are things we can do ahead of time, I think most parents are are pretty excited and interested about that idea. So yeah, yeah. exactly. So in the sort of vein that you're working in, is it primary, primarily sort of consultive work? Like, do you work with, um, like, do you, or is it just basically your regular patients, you have a regular practice and uh, these people come in to see you? I'm just wondering if people want to look into oh, this yeah, more, yeah. That can they can they access your information? I mean, you have lots of information on your website. Yeah. No, I mean, and that's really like the surface of, of the iceberg. Right? Yeah. Like there's there's so much more. So yeah, I do work um, exclusively now with um, couples struggling with with fertility. Also, some women's health issues. Just like increasingly, we okay. hear about like the woman who's debilitated with endometriosis, right? And like PCOS and those types of things. Yeah. So so I'd say like my practice um, is is a lot of unexplained infertility, um, and then a fair amount of like the couple who's suffering repeated miscarriages. Um, and then right. the other two big groups would probably be PCOS and endometriosis. And I, I run programs. So that sort of, I found that within six months of time, we okay. do a massive amount of work to, um, to start the healing process. And then actually it's quite interesting how it continues after that point. Um, Mm-hmm. But yeah, so that's allowed me to to work with lots of people at a time while only still working. Okay, still running programs. Yeah. That's great. Do you do anything online if any of my listeners were interested in what you do? Yeah, so that's been part of like the flexibility that I needed for my life is that I have a completely virtual mm-hmm. practice actually. So it, um, oh, wow. Yeah. Okay. So COVID was that gift to me. Like I used to have a sort of brick and mortar practice, but, um, but COVID came and it's what I had sort of you know, always hope for. And honestly, like, it's what my patients generally want too, right? Like they don't want to have to. It's easy. It's easy. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I mean, really COVID allowed us a lot of freedoms that we, uh, that we otherwise might not have had, right. You know, more men working at home, you know, if there's, uh, you know, two, two couples and only one's working or one's working part-time allowed them to stay at home for, for me, my husband decided to retire because of COVID really, because he couldn't quite imagine being at home all the time. And then suddenly he was at home all the time and it was like, Oh, okay. My business is running just fine. And I'm only there every two weeks to sign paychecks. Yeah, there was lots of silver linings. I mean, it was difficult, but of course, but it was lots of silver linings um, in many cases. And I think it almost feels like, this is a tangent, uh, it almost feels like going back to kind of a, an agrarian society where where people are working at yeah. home more yeah. often, right? And they're, you know, the kids are there and you're working and, you know, it's just all kind of happening in a really sort of natural, organic way. So... So if people want to get a hold of you regarding just sort of uh, physical health, uh, fertility health, can they, it's just, they can just access you through your website. You've got your contact info there. 
Yeah, it's probably the easiest way we have an okay. email address on there. That so just rebeccagenis.com. Okay. Yes. Okay, that's great. Um, the other thing I really wanted to talk to you about, because I, I just think this is really neat. So so I'll just give some context. So Rebecca had reached out to me about if I was ever in Edmonton to come give a talk to a group that she started. And I think that this is, this is really cool because it's, it's something that you're taking on, you know, the, that expression, if you want something done, ask a busy person, <laughs> right? So the mom with five kids who works as a physician, you know, she's going to start a program for homeschooling moms, kind of like a pro D day. Now, what do you, what do you call it? I can't remember now, but it was, it was... yeah, that's exactly right. Professional development. Okay. So, yeah. so having sort of pro D days for, for homeschooling moms, which is, is genius, right? It really is. And I'm, I'm, I would love the reason why I wanted to talk to you about it was because I thought I'd like to sort of pick your brain a little bit and encourage other parents to do similar things in their areas. Cause this is very much a local thing. Of course we can do things online. We can go to conferences online. We can have our Facebook support groups online, but in-person things really matter uh, because we need to get to know our people, right? We need to get to know our neighbors and whatnot. So so I wanted to talk about sort of you dove into this. What first of all, what was your what was the impetus for this? Um, interesting. It, um, I mean, <laughs> inspiration. I don't know. I, yeah. I sort of, you know, like I actually think I heard you speak in one of your earliest episodes about how, and I might be remembering this wrong, but did you like occasionally gather people and give talks and you said something about like, and I think, and then there's the video of you like speaking in your home. So I think I like saw that once and I thought yeah. like, that's cool. And then I've always been a person who just like likes learning from other people. So even since before I was married, like yeah. if I would meet a couple and hear like, you know, they had faithful or successful, whatever children, then I would, you know, I wasn't married. I wasn't thinking about it, but I'd still ask them like, Hey, how did you do it? Like, what did, what was your approach to parenting? And so I think I've always been a person who looks for examples of what I want in my life. And then I like come and interview them and like, like, and I try and learn from them. So, um, so it was partially that. And then like, actually like there's this woman who's going to do our first one. And like, I've heard about her in so many ways. I, she was supposed to give a talk once like five years ago and then it got canceled because of her personal circumstances and it never got rescheduled. And I remember like, as soon as I had heard, I like made the arrangements for babysitting. So I was like, I really have always wanted to learn from her. And then I was kind of like, how am I going to, and then I still like saw her once in a while, but I didn't know her at all and felt like it might be awkward to be like, tell me all the things. So yeah. So then and then we like hosting things. I don't know. It's um, part of our um, culture to say, mm-hmm. like, let's invite people in and try to do things. And and it's like also. So, you sound yeah, like well, me. I don't know. <laughs> you, <Bonnie>. So, <laughs> um, yeah, so I, I think it came from those things. And then just having a play. Also, like, a lot of our friends, like, sometimes in the homeschool world, like, you know, you're in a program with these friends. So you see these friends all the time, but then it's hard to, like, see the other friends. Mm-hmm. And so I thought, like, a nice way to be able mm-hmm. to like hopefully see lots of the people learn lots of things and then share her wisdom with well I think maybe the couple's going to speak but anyway their wisdom with them um, with all of the people we love okay yeah it's it's brilliant I I I feel like that's how I am because I don't think I have a lot of sort of wisdom on my own but I'm I'm was constantly all my life saying how do you do that how is that working for you that curiosity 
about other people and kind of wanting to hear their stories. I love to hear people's stories. And so I think that that makes a big difference in terms of your, you kind of wanting to, I don't know, dive into life, live life to the fullest, you know, provide for other people the same opportunities, right? Yeah. And I just find like, okay, so I think Gordon Neufeld talks about this, like, you know, peers asking peers for advice and like how that doesn't make sense. And then, Mm -hmm. you know, there is like this kind of popular guy who wrote this dating book that was really popular when I was in those years. And then of course now he's like, you know, divorced and saying how everything there was wrong. And like, (laughs) wow. Okay. Like why did someone listen to this guy when he has like no experience, no anything to back up like what he's saying. And yet like in some ways, like a generation of people in certain circles, like took his advice and like, I'm not sure it was very good advice. Right. And I think like, that's the thing is even now, like in mom's groups, often it's like, and there is absolutely something to be learned from people who are your age, who are in the trenches with you and doing the same thing. But I also think there's something perhaps greater to be learned from people who have been there, done that, Mm -hmm. but often they're not in your social circles. Right. And so like, yeah, our lives are pretty divided up. Yeah. Yeah. And like, especially in an age, maybe where grandparents aren't as close, but also we've learned so much. Yeah. So I thought like older people who have learned things, done great things, like how do we bring them to, people are doing it now yeah exactly we had I just last not last weekend but the weekend before I was in Ottawa and I had been asked to lead a retreat right and this retreat was a very it was a real stretch for me because it was very it was not homeschooling thing it wasn't mums with young kids which is my typical sort of wheelhouse that I'm in uh, but it was single women, married women with families, married women with older kids, adult kids, and some women quite a bit older than me, like 15, 20, 25 years older than me. So it was a real stretch for me to do this. But I met these amazing older women, you know, 20 years older than me, that all I could think of really faithful women that's like, I want to be you in 20 years. Like that's, and what a beautiful thing. But if we don't meet them, I don't meet that many women older than myself, right? Because our, you know, except at church and I, you know, we go to a church that holds a hundred people, but you know, I really value those interactions and those friendships. And I think we always have to kind of be seeking the people 20 years ahead of us. Right. Yeah, so much to teach us that like why yeah. not figuring it out on your own when there are people who are willing to just like give you the roadmap. So I think like that's such a huge part of what you do, right? Is to say like I've yeah. been there, I've done that. It's kind of work. So like here's mm-hmm. here's the way to figure it out. You know, it's interesting. I just this is a, a, another tangent, but but I've one of the things like my favorite part of podcasting is what I learned from other people. Right. Because it's so amazing. I mean, I've interviewed some some really incredible people and kind of learn not only about them and about sort of what they do, but actually learn how they managed a situation or how they how they grew or what they read or, or all of that. Like it's a real you should be podcasting because it's just a real incredible platform for for curiosity, right? Yeah. Yeah. yeah yeah it's 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 cool and i i don't know and i think that's that just being open to learning too is just such a it's such a leg up right in terms of i don't know living a a successful life when i say successful i mean you know full and and meaningful right yeah yeah Yeah. and i think like i'm naturally that way so i'm grateful for it but it's not like at all uh like a test I haven't like had to fight like a, I'm gonna do it my way like I'm just right. like, always like wants to learn and adjust and believes like maybe there's a better way still right and so I think yeah it's it's easy for me to learn those things but then I look back and I, I especially in parenting I think like oh 
if I was still parenting the way I had started, like our lives would be so different. And I'm just like, so grateful yeah. for the adjustments that I think like we found along the way that, um, that yeah. Yeah. As opposed to thinking, no, I'm going to do it this way because it's how my parents did it or it's how it's the book I read or whatever to be, yeah, to be looking outward. So, so for this, like, so what's your format? So I think what we're going to do, I mean, I, I can't remember if I said on the show or off, but so this is our first one coming up next Friday. Um, right. And so I also, when we host bigger things, um, I try to make them low key for me so that it's really sustainable, like in any yeah. stage. So, um, so it'll start, I invite people like come at seven 30. If you can bring a snack to share, that'll be great. Cause then it just like, I have no, I don't really know how many people are coming. Um, I've asked for RSVPs a little bit, but, um, but I also always say like, well, just show up if you need to. So, yeah. um, so I'll like put out a few snacks. I'll invite people to bring some snacks. Um, and then she's going to speak at eight o'clock. Um, and then she said, she'll speak for 30 to 45 minutes and then we'll do Q and a after and then have some nice. socializing time. And yeah, like, I think it'll be pretty, pretty low key in terms of like any preparation, but also any pressure. Um, and then well, sustainable is a really effective, um, word, right? It's, it's something that I think we really need to think about. It's like, if, if we decided to sort of start something, um, and the format was, was complicated for the person or if, or if you were just the kind of person to get really, really stressed out about having people over to your home, then I think that's a job to offload. It's like, I, I, I'm happy to organize, happy to do the email, happy to do all that stuff. But I, if I have it in my home, I think that's going to stress me out. So be aware, right. Of, of our own, um, you know, limitations or, or trigger kind of things. Right. Yeah. Yeah. That's yeah. So that's so yeah. yeah. Cause like for me, it isn't a big deal. So I don't even like yeah. think about those things. Right. Like I just think like, okay, I can make a few snacks. I can put out some drinks. We like have yeah. our, you know, box of like plates that come out when we have company that's, you know, bigger than <laughs> regularly. And, you know, like it's just for me, it'll be pretty easy. And I'll have my house cleaned fortunately by someone else that day. So <laughs> nice. Easy enough to organize. And so is it a monthly thing? So I told, I said right now, like, we'll try to do it three times in a year, um, partially because okay. it's starting around November, right? So like, we're not going to do it around right. Christmas, even January often feels busy. So I'm imagining like, maybe we'll do November, February, May or June. Um, okay. But it also depends a bit on like, how easily I can find speakers, which sometimes is yeah. like part of the challenge to people who who know they have something con- to contribute and are, are willing yeah. to do it. Um, yeah. But yeah, something like that. And I wonder too, if, if, um, if people were wanting it more often and it was difficult to find somebody to come in and actually do a presentation of some sort that one could just be kind of a show and tell about books yeah. or a show and tell about math curriculum or, or whatever, that might be a nice, easy, a nice, easy way to do it too. Cause I just think that, um, that it's so important, you know, I'm going to use the Nike logo, just do it, right? Like if you feel like, you know, it's too bad that we don't have, you know, something going on in our community. It's too bad that we don't have more people we can learn how it's too bad, you know, just, just do it. And, and I think some personalities are more inclined to just kind of be able to do it without it being a big deal. But even if you could get together with two or three people who had those strengths, you know, the various strengths required, Let's just do this and make it as as um, as easy as possible, so that uh, so that it continues and people come. But I think that you know we really lack that in our culture. We really lack a sense of 
of community and these are my people. And probably I would assume that what's going to happen with this is that is that you're going to find people finding each other, right? I mean, some are probably already coming because they already have each other, you know, as a community, but, but the people are like, Oh, wow, our kids are the similar age or we have similar parenting styles or whatever. And things will click and, 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 uh, what a beautiful thing to offer people. I mean, it's opportunity to learn, but also to, to just connect, uh, with, with the kind of people that you want to hang out with. Right. Yeah. Yeah, totally. So another thing we do is, um, and it's because our church used to do it. And then after COVID, it shut down. And then it looked like they weren't starting it up again. So in Lent, mm-hmm. every Friday, we have soup and bread at our house where we just like make a big pot of soup, put some bread out, invite people to bring some super bread to contribute. And then and then we do Stations of the Cross, right? Um, and so it was also like, I was a bit like, I've invited like over 120 people. Let's see how it goes. But then right. like, it's just like, and it's Edmonton, so it's still like kind of cold inside. But but yeah, like it was, it was so fun. Like the first night in terms of connections, someone came in and then there was another mom and they just like stared at each other and they were like, I know who you are. And they like couldn't figure out. And then (laughs) one of them went home and she was like, we were in Mexico together when we were both like new grads from university. We like, they met, they're both like living in the same city. Didn't know each other here. They like met at this random resort. She dug out the old (laughs) pictures and like sent them around and it was hilarious. But then also there has been the like, yeah, now suddenly I see these people who didn't know each other at the beginning, like hanging out together and doing things. And I don't know why, like I've become convinced like community is everything like for me and my enjoyment of life, but for my children and they're like, you know, what happens to them in the rest of their life. Like they just, they need people, I think, who um, are trying to do similar things with their life in order to be successful. And and I need that so That's much. Because we can feel so alone, right? Yeah. And just like the example, the help, the, is this normal? Like all of that comes from, from finding people who are similar enough to you and trying to do parts of life. Together. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I just started something. There's a there's a men's group that meets in our. It's a sort of fairly small group of men, but they meet in uh, you know every two weeks and they discuss a book or whatever. My husband's part of this, and a couple of my boys. And and I thought, gee, you know, maybe we should have a mums thing like on the opposite Wednesday because several of the dads are quite young, you know, young dads with young kids. And uh, I thought, well, maybe I don't know. I'll just do a, a mums thing every Wednesday night. But like, they don't want to talk about books. They just want to have a glass of wine. <laughs> great okay that's great that's so easy so we literally they literally just come over i have some wine here some of them bring wine and we just kind of sit around and chit chat we pray a rosary together and then we just chit chat for an hour or so and and it's really nice like for a lot of the moms they have young kids and they just want to kind of have a a night where it's a bit of a break right and uh, spend a couple of hours away from the kids (laughs) so i think okay i can do that but it's yeah. it's kind of geared at it's not a homeschooling group because we have a really like a really strong kind of group of homeschoolers in our parish now and they you know it, that that sort of that's taken on a life of its own you know sort of a couple of my daughters and their kids and all their friends and all of that you know which is great so i don't need to in a sense support that because it's already self supporting but you know just having a break that's great so yeah it was a need that needed to be filled and i kind of put an email out there and just said hey and they're all like yes one please <laughs> okay <laughs> this is an easy thing i can yeah. do this oh that's amazing so one of the things that uh i wanted to sort of talk a little bit about kind of when for me, us back in the day. So we started homeschooling in 91. And what was going on back then is about once a month, um, a small group of, of women, usually, you know, geographically in the same area would 
I sort of have a, you know, first Wednesday of the month kind of get together or first, you know, Saturday of the month, whatever, get together. And it would be, they would just determine it at people's houses. And of course, we would have phone trees, right? Because you just phone. I mean, there there was email, but most of us weren't using it, right? And, and so we would, um, you know, somebody would just be the phone tree person. They'd phone, you know, 20 people or whatever, uh, you know, just to kind of confirm how many people were coming or whatever. And sometimes we'd have a presenter, but the normal thing was we just got together. And that was how homeschooling grew and happened. And if somebody was interested, oh, can I come to your mom's thing? And it was very, it was very organic, right? That it, it just sort of grew out of, out of our need to be together, but it's how homeschooling really grew. Cause in my first few years of homeschooling, we, uh, I think the year I started, there was six homeschooling families in our town. I live in a town about sort of 80,000 people or did, um, within about six years, it was 120 people. Wow. Right. And like, how does that happen without the internet, right? It was just these little capsule groups meeting in homes till pretty soon. And then it was like, oh, I think we should have a big monthly meeting where we actually rent a hall and, you know, um, have some kind of, you know, that's when we started the presenter and all that. But it was just the way things grew in that era, right? But of course, I'm leading into sort of communication because we had, uh, for us, you know, the phone tree was the method of communication when I was in La Leche League and when I was, uh, you know, kind of heading up the homeschool group and all that. That's what we did. But but then it rolled into sort of Yahoo groups and things like that. I don't know if you even remember that, but uh, it was sort of an... Um, an online group where you could post something, but it was oh, all yeah, yeah. like, mess- like a message board, right? <laughs> I was like, wow. Those are, I don't even think they exist anymore. So how it, how does your communication roll out? Is it an email list or do you have a group or how, how does that roll out? Yeah. So right now, and actually I didn't clarify, but it's actually for Catholic parents. So it's, okay. um, it's not necessarily homeschoolers because like some interesting things have happened in this okay. area, like in Edmonton since COVID where there's a lot, like tons of programs now um, for all different types of homeschoolers. So my kids right. are now like in two day a week program and there's other like one day a week programs. And so in some ways I feel like those communities are better networked because um, right. you like see parents or you're present with parents once or twice a week. Um, and so those communities are like kind of there, but so then I like, I have feet in different doors. And so I like just, I prepared a flyer that I sent out and I said, like, email me if you want to be on the list. Like, even if you can't make it this time, just let me know yeah. so I can keep in touch. And so right now, like, and also in some ways, like, because it's in our home, like there is some kind of cap that I need to put on it. So yeah, exactly. I haven't you know, necessarily invited everyone I know. Um, but I am like now debating with myself, like, well, I guess we could just sit on the floor. Like, because I was thinking, because it's a talk, like maybe I should try to have seats for everyone there, but right. like, I don't mind sitting on the ground and probably there's some other people who don't. So I'm like deciding if I push the limit, cause I don't want to say no, obviously to anyone. So yeah. anyways, um, so that's what it is right now. And then, but I do think like, yeah, if there, if there is a need, like in a desire and there are more people who would like to come. And again, like, because it's not homeschoolers, I also think like, you know, at the church I go to, I could just like hand out flyers to all the young families mm. I saw walk in the door if it was in the basement. And like, I, I think there might be interest in this. I mean, so many people are writing parenting books and like, which one do you read and what do you follow? And then if instead you could like come, 
listen to someone who you could actually ask questions to and be right. in community with other people you see once a week, um, then maybe there would be a need for that. So like, I wonder if it will morph into that, but right now it's sort of been a, you know, prepare a flyer and, yeah. um, and emails. Yeah, that's great. Yeah, our sort of wine night too. It's not it's not homeschool moms. It's just anybody from the parish kind of thing. And even it's yeah. gone beyond like people who sort of live a half hour away are like, "Can I come?" <laughs> you know, and it's predominantly homeschool moms because that's you know the people that I know and you know, or that's who's coming anyways. But uh, but yeah, it's just sort of open, which is kind of nice because then people the com- conversation isn't o- always going to evolve into homeschooling stuff, which it, which it does. Right. And so if it's a homeschooling group, great. That's what you're talking about. But parenting issues really are, are the most, I think the most significant. It's interesting. My daughter and I were, were going out and doing some shopping yesterday. So we drove to a town that's about an hour away. So we had lots of sort of car chat time, which is always so nice, right. With your teenagers. She was sort of saying, I've had somebody approach me, which is um, something I'm just chewing on approach me. Like she said, you could, you could do big things like, like you could do talks for, you know, 500 people or, you know, conferences or, or, you know, whatever. And I, she's an event planner. And she said, you know, I can help you with this. You can, you can do big things. And I, I, I don't know that I want to do that, but I just sort of stewing about it. Okay. You know, should I think on it? Should I? So I was saying to Lydia, like, what, what, like, what would I do? Like, I don't know how she'd pull in, you know, 500 people in, in even a decent sized town. Like, cause I have, I feel like I have a fairly narrow scope. Lydia said, um, you know, I think that that discipline and relationship is just the way bigger area that you touch people, right? Like homeschooling is kind of the, the platform you're using, but, but really what people are attracted to is the discipline and relationship aspect to it because we're so, you know, we tend to just not know what to do. Like the kid does a certain behavior. What do we do? Um, I think a lot of times books don't necessarily tell you what to do. It's it's the mother that you're sitting next to that says, oh, well, you could try, you know, this. <laughs> right. That's, And I think that that's probably my strength is that I try to give a lot of like oh, in this situation. Here's here's a couple of options that you could, you know, you could do for this situation. And I thought, okay, that's interesting because it doesn't, I'm, I always think sort of homeschooling or even Catholic homeschooling to be even more narrow, that that's kind of my area but really you know relationships are relationships and retreat that I led a couple of weeks ago kind of really was really clear about that this and this is not this is not my normal group and yet it was a it was a good stretch for me but also it seemed like from the feedback I was getting that was really relevant so so yeah we don't have to limit ourselves to you know it's homeschoolers or it's um, stay-at-home moms or it's uh, moms who are both raising a family and working or, or you know we don't have to choose a particular topic we could but we don't need to yeah 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 I think there are like those higher level level commonalities right like how many people are parents even if they're none of the other things I am like they're still a parent who like mm-hmm. deeply loves their child and wants the best for their child um, and and so there's yeah I agree with you like there's so many commonalities there that are the bigger questions and I think it's a fun way to like make new friends and like widen your community um and I just think like I've been so privileged to have learned from from other people even like just knowing your podcast exists right so I actually like came the first time I heard about you was I came to a talk you gave in Ottawa that like I have another friend um who I think maybe knows you a bit better and she was like hey I'm going to this talk you should come and we were living in Ottawa for six months so anyway so I came out and then I heard you and then I got your book and I was like (laughs) oh it really is a revolution like it's crazy 
And so then, and then when you put out a podcast, I was like, oh, and it was just like so life changing because it was more right. Still, like the book is great, but then like when you have like full like hour long episodes where you're like, and, like I think they were called like carrot and stick part one and part two, or like there was something part one. Those right. episodes were like so so useful for me. And and then there's other people too who I've like been able to watch them do this, or like for me learning some Montessori principles was like extremely helpful for my life. But I think like yeah. I was just lucky that I encountered these things, right? And so I think like a lot of people, like they're really busy, whether it's with their work or their, you know, extracurriculars or their, like the other things they do that maybe they don't run into yeah. these things by accident like I have. Um, but then they look back and say like, boy, these have profoundly, like, I think changed my life and my children's lives, yeah. like forever in a way, right? Like in terms of if you have good relationship and you just like see people posting, like, I don't like my right. children. I love them, but I don't like them at all. And I think, ah. Oh. I know the answer yeah. to that, but I don't know you well enough to tell you, right, where you would believe me. And so you, like, you know, try and post things. But I think it's, that, yeah, in the context of, like, mm -hmm. gathering and getting to know one another. And the ripple um, effect is the ripple effect is massive. Like, you, some you're just talking about, okay, you went to a talk in Ottawa. You happened to be there for six months. And then the ripple effect is you're now in Edmonton doing this and having impact, you know. And we've met people over the years that – you know, we've met them and then they've kind of carried the message. They've kind of like, yeah, okay, this is, this is it, you know, and then they've carried the message elsewhere. Right. And so I think that the, uh, I think primarily through the work of Gordon Neufeld, who really, you know, um, internationally really brought the idea of attachment and, and all of that to the fore that, uh, but the little, in there's little pockets of people all over the place um, sharing this message and they each one of them myself included and all the other people are having this ripple effect it's at least like I think infinitely better than it was you know 25 years ago like if if I was talking about these things 25 years ago people were like uh I don't even know you know I don't even know what you're talking about you know if, if there's a if an if something if a kid does something you have to give them a consequence that's that's what you do. And for two generations before us, that's what everybody did. And so, and so we're always looking for some consequence to their behavior. And it's like, like we just have to think differently. Yeah. And it's so hard. Like, I also think you have to hear this message multiple times to believe it. Or like, <laughs> like, even with me, like, I know, like, okay, I gradually took on like this part of it and then this part of it. And, but like, to get to the point where like, I also think like seeing it work helps and you need so much time to see it work. So that's why you yeah. also need the people who have done it where you can look at them and their children and say like, yeah, they're not like, you know, psychopaths who have no concern for anyone else. Right. Like, cause you just yeah. like, you imagine or out of control or whatever is going to yeah. be that way when they're 20 years old. Right. And like, it's not like any of us know anything about child development or like, like we haven't been taught that either. So like, how would you know if you haven't seen it work? Right. And if you don't like, deal with it in the moment so I think it yeah like having now like changed how we parented probably for the last six or seven years or whatever it is like then I realized like oh like it's just about like you know six months later they are they have moved along the path from where they were six months ago right yeah. and it's not dramatic and it's not like all but it's like it's absolute part and then having an 11 year old you're like oh, okay like it's there yeah. like it works all the seeds of exactly and let's make it easy for them not in the, yeah. that we don't ask anything of them, but let's make it easy for them because we support them and love them yes. through this rather than, you know, making it harder for them because we put pressure on them or we make demands of them or we punish them when they don't do it right or, or whatever. Like, let's make growth um, pleasant. <laughs> you know, like, 
because <laughs> because that's what we want. You know, I always come back to that point, right? Because it's what we want. If I'm trying to stretch myself and grow somewhere, if somebody's standing by criticizing me, like that doesn't really help me grow, right? <laughs> like, yeah. Help me. And so I even like in my practice, so often like with my patients, they have to change how they're eating and their diet, right? And and then I like had to learn, okay, so then they're going to tell me like, oh, like it was my birthday and I ate all these other things or whatever, right? And I'd be mm-hmm. like, I had this like internal struggle. Like, do I do I say like, oh, that's like really too bad. Like you've set back your progress. Or do I say like, you know what? Like it happens, but look at how like incredibly you've been doing for the last month and you've made so much progress. And like part of it was like, you know, what's the like compassionate things you, but also like part of it was, I was like, okay, but compassionate, like, I do want them to also like be successful. So I wanted to know like, what would work, right? But of course, it's the like, you know what, it happened. Like, that's okay. And like, let's just carry on, right? You've been doing move forward. forward. Yeah, yeah. And they do, right. And I think like, but I thought about like, yeah, how would I want to be responded, right? And if I get this big lecture, like, well, I'm probably just not (laughs) going to tell you the next time about how I exactly. they're not going to tell you and they're actually not going to be motivated to come back to you. Exactly. Right. Why, why would they, you know? So it's, yeah. So the same with our kids. So yeah, I really, really appreciate that you, uh, you know, and so here's another ripple effect, right? You're taking this idea and you're taking it to your patients. Yeah. Taking my for my husband, you know, taking it into the workplace. The more we learned about about parenting and relationships and all of that, then then he would come back and he might have a difficult employee, and he would come back and say, "Okay, this is how I handle it." And I thought, these are attachment parenting, you know, strategies. <laughs> what a cool thing to be able to take that because really, what it is, what it all is, what you're promoting, what you're supporting, all of this is is growth and holiness, right? you know, to be, to see Christ in the other. And so this, this group that you're holding, you know, it's a parenting group to learn parenting strategies and skills and various other things learn from, you know, to be mentored, but really it's, it's growth and holiness. Yeah. Yeah. To like, and it's just, it's so nice to feel like I don't have to like create this barrier between me and my children or me and right. That like, actually it's through like this open and like fully like, loving really like I just yeah it's it's so different to think because you I started off thinking like I am the parent and you are the child and I like you need to know that and they still need to know it right but I thought the way that they would know it was through like the exercise of authority and then realizing like that's not actually true it's through being like their safe place and being the person who like receives all of them that they will know that like I'm their parent and they're okay right like it's it's still And sometimes they will, same as the person who eats the birthday cake or whatever, the, you know, sometimes they will make you mad. Sometimes you'll be overreact. Sometimes you will not be the parent that you want to be, but that's okay. You have to be gentle with yourself, <laughs> gentle with them, be gentle with yourself. Like I, re- I, you know, I blew it and, uh, and we can get discouraged and not want to even bother anymore, but you know, we just have to put one foot in front of the other as well. Yeah. And I will say, I think it's really useful that yeah. you say that often on the podcast too. Like, because I think the first few episodes you listen, you're like, yeah. oh, okay, my Bonnie always like did this and that's why it worked. And, but I was even listening to this podcast the other day about like attachment parenting. And she quoted some study that I think said that if you're even, if you respond to your children that way, like it was like 30 to 50% of the time, like that will be enough actually for them to know that like you are yeah. still like that person and that you're also human. Right. But I thought that was some ways like a comforting statistic too so that you don't like you know you recognize that you weren't what you wish to be and then you you move on without worrying exactly 
Yeah, I think it's really important because people can look at you because you're you're sharing an idea that you're really committed to and all of that, that this, somehow you did it, you did it all perfectly. And at this retreat, my daughter who lives in Ottawa actually attended this retreat. And so I would say things like, you know, a few times, you know, you're going to mess up, you know, you, this is what you want, but you're going to, you're going to mess up. And uh, when we were having a meal with some other ladies or whatever, uh, my daughter pointed out, you know, if you want actual examples, you know, of times when my mom, you know, didn't do the which I, I, I could share that. <laughs> So thank you, dear. That's that's very helpful. <laughs> you know, you have to you have to just be realistic, right? This is the way it is. I you know, I learn from my mistakes. I mean, that's what that's what happens, right? You learn from your mistakes. And there's value in that too, because you see, like, oh yeah, like I'm not perfect all the time. So like how could I expect my child who like doesn't have the years of hopefully practice and refinement to um to be perfect? Yeah, exactly. Just to sort of wrap up, I was wondering if people wanted to sort of pick your brain a little bit about uh, about sort of how you got this started and how you, you know, sort of what you're thinking, uh, could they, they could, they're welcome to reach out to me as well. People know how to get a hold of me. Would you mind if they emailed you or uh, just ask questions? Okay, that would be great. And who knows? I mean, I have listeners in Edmonton, okay. so there might be people come out of the woodwork that you don't even know. <laughs> Which would be great. I will just... Say goodbye to all our listeners and thank you so much for joining us, Rebecca. That was really lovely. Thanks for all your thoughts. God bless. Bye. Thank you. It was great.